Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I believe I may have found my new favorite board game. Oh my. Uh, I'm I'm Jay, and I didn't give Josh warning on this, but I feel like I've I've made mistakes in life because all I want in my life is us to have a top five list again, <laughs> and I want it to be the top five times that Josh betrayed Trevor at the board game convention. This <laughs> The number one time was when I left for an event that we only spoke about <laughs> behind the paywall, and we will only speak about behind the paywall. So subscribe to the Patreon if you want to hear about that particular. Uh, I'm Josh, and I think I'm also going to add a betrayal by disappointing Trevor and confessing that my game of show is not the same as his new favorite board game. Although I think his new favorite board game is justifiably awesome. Well, so my my two co-hosts they attended a board game convention. Uh, I did not because I'm a loser. Um, <laughs> spent most of the weekend cleaning my house. Uh, but the bright side is that it's probably the cleanest my house has ever been in like ages and ages. So good job, good job. That's nice. Accomplishment. I'm proud of you. I wish I could do that. Uh, turns out you could. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Well, before we go into talking about the convention, um, news for Discount Games, Inc., um, I guess I'll just throw out that uh, you should check out the Black Templar Army Box. It is um, available at Discount Games, Inc. now, and it's a a great price for some awesome stuff. Um, So, Josh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Icon and uh, its history and, and what happened this time? So Icon was a brainchild of mine that came into being, I think, 12 years ago, but it might have been. We're so old, Josh. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's long, older than that. Shut up. Is it really? I tried oh, yeah. so hard to get the date right. How long ago? I believe the first one was 2005, so 16 years ago. Okay, good gravy. So 16 years ago, I always just wanted to have a board game convention locally, um, and one day just said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And of course I have friends who don't discourage me from bad ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And as a matter of fact, they were very helpful at the time. I mean, at the time, the first time we did icon J were you, was that like two store locations ago for you or, or was it only Um, one? I think you might've been in the bunkers by then. I think it might've been two ago. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. But anyway, we gathered some of the local, board game stores um, who are willing to help provide prizes and and we uh, you know booked a local hotel and took up a big ballroom and 
had several tournaments. I mean, famously, there was a, a Twilight Imperium third edition tournament at the first ever Icon. And um, I think for about four or five years, we just ran it once a year in October, which really is the ideal time for board game convention in Idaho because the weather can be just awful, which is the perfect weather for board gaming. Just part of why I might not leave the state because I'm worried that board game cultures in warmer states are not as healthy because people <laughs> think they should go outside more often. You know what I mean? Well, by this logic, you should be moving to like Greenland or Iceland and starting your tradition of, you know, instead of reading a book on Christmas, you're <laughs> buying everyone board games. Yola board game of flood. Yeah, I'm a, I, I might consider that still. So uh, anyway, and it's been a lot of fun over the years. Uh, basically, after about five years, we turned it into a twice a year event. So uh, April and October, usually the second weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, a lot of things have stayed the same in terms of we still have some tournaments and there's a, you know, a pretty large board game library, which I've used to justify way too many board game purchases over the years. Basically, every October and April, I walk into Jay's shop and fill up a shopping cart of stuff that I probably shouldn't, but I do anyway, because it's quote-unquote for the library. <laughs> and, you know, we've had years that have been better and years have been worse. We've uh, One of the things that I wish we were doing a better job with that could, would come back was we used to have game guides that did a good job of, you know, teaching people some of the newer games that they might want to be there to learn and... Uh, Anyway, with with COVID last year, I elected not to do it, obviously, and um, and I honestly wasn't up for it again this year. I just, in my mind, that the convention was done. Like I and my kids have, like a lot of my kids have grown up. You know, they have a lot of fond memories of the of the convention. They still love some of the memories of playing um, uh, werewolf with you know thirty other uh, enthusiasts and. Uh, but I just wasn't really up for it. But a couple of our uh, good friends from the area really wanted it to continue, and so they they basically took up took up the torch and ran it this um, this weekend. And so I was there, so really I, primarily as an attendee, which was interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm going to tattle on your wife. Um, they took the reins at her prompting. Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah, she, she encouraged them to that. do so to um so that it would happen so that you had an opportunity to play board games and she wanted them to take the reins so that you would not feel uh so that you would not have to work at the convention which has been the norm for the last you know 15 years right right you know which is not always terrible but it it just means that as the organizer you're never you never are really sitting down to play a game without um without essentially interruption or without needing to answer questions or take care of, you know, the organization. I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, it's funny because early on, I, I basically hired librarians a couple of the early years, but we, we've also attempted to do that, not necessarily hire them per se, but allow them to take a shift to come in to the convention for free. We've tried a couple other things, but the truth is, is that um, I don't think the, the, the convention has never gone to the next level, mostly because, I'm going to speak a little bit for Josh here, but I, I believe I'm telling the truth when I say those of us who helped run it have always wanted to be there more to play games than to run the convention. And so it's never really gone to the next level because we are not necessarily interested in getting it to the point where we spend all of our time doing the uh, micromanaging of, of running a convention. Yeah, right. No, I, I totally, I think that's uh, very true. And, 
And and part of the thing is, is this is my perception, but I, especially with like a board game or uh, event or a convention, you you can't fiscally run it with um, like if you don't have a, a legion of volunteers, it, it can't happen, basically, is my perception. And, and I don't know, maybe that's wrong, but. I, I think that they 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 skirt on very thin ice uh, for most conventions, um, but uh, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of work. And we've watched SaltCon, which is our closest big board gaming, grow to immense sizes. I think it's probably you know I don't to me I think I believe it's in the top five biggest board game conventions in. The Wouldn't state. surprise me. I'm pretty sure they have in the neighborhood of like 1,500 attendees. You know, yeah. in, our, in our demographics, I think the most attendees we've ever had is just north of 100. I think we are close to 150 at one one time. Okay. Um, but yeah, normally our normal, uh, you know, and, and that's varied and it's dwindled a little bit over the last few years just because um, everybody involved has just gotten tired with having to do the, the preparation work. And uh, so we just haven't done it. And I we've mean, had, we've let's, had let's fun anyway. I mean, World of Tanks isn't going to play itself. <laughs> well there's 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 been years where josh or i or uh mark Haney have put have put in hours and hours and hours trying to get ready for it and then mm-hmm. have it feel like it make a large enough difference to Matt. yeah 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 right right you know it made a difference it helped we got more people there and i wish what we could do is just get the same people just keep coming back and, and enjoy it but it seems like it seems like every time it's kind of a slight shift in people. Some of the people who were regulars many years ago have stopped coming, and I don't necessarily know why. Um, and then some of them that I thought would become regulars and came and had a great time just didn't come back. So it, it is what it is at this point. I, I'm, I enjoy it, and I love it. Um, and I'm resigned, like Josh is, to the fact that it's never going, you know, a huge thing. It's never going to be, it's going to be 50 to 100 people every time, and we're okay with that. We have fun right. with that. Most right. of the people who show up enjoy it. So, so uh, any, I guess, any final thoughts on, on running the convention or getting this one going or uh, et cetera? Um, well, I mean, my, my final thought would just be to say, um, you know, the guys who ran it this this time they did a good job they had they had um i think probably more advertising than i've done in recent years um and they had some vendors there that haven't been there before which is kind of interesting um you know added some different elements but you know overall for me the thing to talk about is the games that trevor and i played and and my top three games of the of the show probably i'm i'm interested to see so i i did talk to the guy who was um basically ran the show this time around and his plan was to do it again in the spring. Um, like we've been doing in the past and I sort of, I gave him a little bit of a warning that I felt like one of the things maybe would have made it a lot easier on Josh and I and, and everyone else is if we only did it. Uh, but he sort of ignored that comment and powered through. He want, well, I'm not, I'm not going to dissuade him. I mean, is it, is it John that you were talking to or someone else? Yes. Yeah. John. Okay. Well, I mean, at this point, John semi retired and has, and has an endless store of optimism and energy. I yeah, guess I so. mean, there's that's fine. He can do whatever. There's he wants. nothing he would rather do than play board games, you know, twice a year, and so yeah, that's I, fine. Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't mind he, if he wants to show. I'll, I'll show if I, I'll show up in the spring. Heck, he could run it every weekend, and I'd probably show up mostly. Ah. So you know, he can do whatever he wants. But um, I, I hope that that commitment to doing it uh, is fresh for him, and that hopefully um, help build it a little bit, and it'll be feel like he's not 
banging his head against the wall course of the uh, years coming. So, yeah, yeah, and one thing, one just other thing I'll say is like I definitely like I I I will probably be more willing to be involved again next year. But one of the things about my being involved is I I will need a mental shift to say like. I am not attending this to, to play, right? And that, that's the thing is like, that's part, I think, of why my wife prompted them. Is she knows like what I want is I want to just go to a convention and play, right? I, yeah, I right. don't do anything else. And so. You you want a two-day two day game day. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and I, I even think. said to Trevor, like, I, you know, I said to him while we were playing my second favorite game of the con, uh, I said, you know, I'm realizing more and more that what I want, what I enjoy more is just making the effort to have a strong scheduled day with, you know, certain people. And, 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 and even if it's just one game, like we've done with Western empires, like we've done with um, TI4 recently, mm-hmm. that I'm like, that's what I'm happier doing these days. Trevor right. and I were talking about antiquity, I think also, which is where that comment came from. But. Yeah. I, I think that, um, it w- it's easier to organize a uh, Saturday that involves six people uh, interested in playing a big game and then not have to worry about people showing up and wanting to buy tickets or they're, hey, the bathroom's out of toilet paper or, you know, is there any place I can set up, you know, my booth to sell these things? I mean, all this stuff that comes along with the convention. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. If you're being selfish, which we are, uh, you don't need to do all that to get to get ah. a six-player game of what exactly what the table. Correct. Yeah. Very well said. Okay. So are are we gonna do in reverse order from? Uh, no, 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 no. And that's get, get to get to the favorite for last. Yeah, that, going right to the spoilers. Oh, yeah, no, favorite no, no, last. Favorite last. I I want some, okay. some some tension to build. Okay. Uh, look, I'm gonna start with. It's my true favorite, but it was already my favorite. But Oath. We played Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile again. It was everything I love about it. There was savage kingmaking. There was not quite as amazing a moment as when Trevor tried to take me on Mechtal Rex and I told him that I would literally give ah. the phone to Jay. But we were in that same neighborhood, wouldn't you say, Trevor? So to, to lay out the board just a little bit, uh, those, what was going on was um, Josh and my wife were trying, both trying to win the game. And I felt like uh, Josh was probably in the best position of the two, but easily one or the other could do it. Um, but they needed it to go longer than what it was going to happen. But on the other side of the table, myself and the uh, convention organizer, John, were both in position to win. And because of my seat at the table... I was going to win slightly before him. So as, as, if nothing changed when the status quo came back around to my position, I win. And, it, and if you knock me out, it, J, uh, John automatically wins on his turn. So the, the attempt to try to figure out how to knock us both off the pedestal so it goes another round so Josh can can pull this uh, out of the uh, you know jaws of defeat um, – was interesting. I, I it was fun, but yeah, it was. It did feel a little anticlimactic when it finally happened. Yeah, well, that's fair. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm really giving that as an honorable because I already know I love that game. You know, my only disappointment there is, is we didn't really manage to play it a second time, which was one thing that Trevor had wanted to do because there is some I, there is some joy that you get from playing a world that you already messed up. You know, one game pre- previously. Yeah, so I, I'm going to say that I it wasn't. I'm going to put it. 
fairly low on my list of ones that I enjoyed, but that's because when I went there, I really wanted the experience of playing multiple games because I felt like it was going to give me something different. And I still haven't had that opportunity yet. So, right. Right. I am curious. I, I know that Josh, you have an unabashed love of oath. Um, Trevor, how many, how many games of oath have you played at this point? Just two. Two. No, the, okay. one, the one that the one that we one played with, with you, and then the one we played over the weekend at at the convention. Okay. With the and rules correct this time. Yeah, so this was yeah, with the, the corrected correct rules, with you having a little bit better sense of the game. Uh, what's your updated view or opinion of the game? I, so I still enjoy the game quite a bit. Um, I, I, let me just preface this first. I'm going to toot my own horn for a second. I won both games, so I don't know if I'm giving it a fair shake because I'm like, yeah, it was great. I won. You know, but all I, part I, of my long game. He's <laughs> like, until I get him hooked permanently, I'll let him win every time. Um, I do enjoy it quite a bit. I think there's some really interesting dynamics about the game, and a lot of it is about alliance. Um, trying not to telegraph your position, I guess, a little bit, which is what I felt like I tried to do this time. I mean, I I basically built an economic engine that I felt like I could do repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And no one really paid a lot of attention to it, um, even though maybe they should have. Uh, Josh was kind of the first one to pick up, hey, if we don't stop him, it's going to be game over. Um, so anyway, I, I just I, I do enjoy the game quite a bit. Um, I don't feel like I've felt the full experience yet. So. Because you haven't had multiple sessions, uh, consecutive sessions is why you're saying that, right? Correct. Then yeah. I, They wouldn't have to be like consecutive to the same day, but at least right. like the same build of the board, come back and play again. And I would have enjoyed playing with the same people. First game, almost guaranteed. Um, partly because John realized that it wasn't his game. It wasn't his style of game. He likes the Euro style where he can dictate the state of the board in a way that he wins. And this was, it became clear to him at the end that, that because of... Agents the, of chaos. Because of politics at the table, that it wasn't about... he The the actions he took at the table were going to give him... They, which they could help, but they weren't going to guarantee. Yeah. And that that doesn't sit well with him, and I understand <laughs> that type of player, um, but it's not me. I don't I don't really care about that. But anyway, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I highly recommend it to people, especially if you can play it with the same group of people multiple times. I think it would be a fantastic experience. For most people. So and I also also let me just also state that playing the rules correctly, I don't feel like changed. It it still felt very similar. Oh, okay. I, I don't think that it was that different. Well, that's good to know. That's interesting to hear. Uh, so yes, Jay, on to my number three, I'll start with, uh, my third favorite game of the con, uh, didn't surprise me that I enjoyed it as much as I did, but I want to make people aware of it again. It's a newer game by Rio Grande games called Beyond the Sun. And it is basically the tech tree, the tech tree game. The tech tree inning? Yes. The tech, the electric tech loop. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, the theme is that you are basically humanity pushing out into space in like, what is it, Trevor? Doesn't it say it's set like the year 2092 or whatever, which yeah, seems so. overly optimistic even to me. Um, <laughs> but so it's a worker placement. You, you literally only have one worker. So, you know, you, you, you place and take actions and the actions involve like getting new techs and and, and part of getting the new text is actually discovering the new text, which is kind of interesting. And so you kind of choose the, the flavor of the tech tree. You know, you, you choose what it'll look like, what the texts are. And, uh, and with those texts, you then are essentially building different spaceships that are going out to planets and then potentially colonizing them. And in the meantime, you're 
building up an economy as you take certain actions you you gain the ability to produce more of the main resource which is ore and or more of the other important resource which is people and uh anyway it's it's pretty um i, I thought it was really well done and, and and has some good replay value because of the fact that the tech tree i think will never be exactly the same um just because it, it will depend on player decisions yeah and i think that it's um very easily expanded by adding all i could do is sell you a deck of more tech tree cards and then yeah. the game the game would change perfectly, pretty drastically. Although it does feel like at the core, there's some, there's a finite type of actions, the planets, uh, making uh, more ore or more discs that use to, I guess, make your ore, your, your fleet, yeah, yeah, make your ores and your uh, people easier to get. Um, so I, there is kind of a limited scope of what actually is going on, but I, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I don't, I'm. It's to me, it's sort of tied with another game we're going to talk about soon. Um, I did enjoy it quite a bit, uh, but it didn't quite scratch the tech tree itch as much for me as it did for. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, partially because once I discover this unique, cool tech tree thing, it then becomes available to everyone else. So we all kind of felt like we were going after the same stuff in a way. I guess. Um, I I don't know. I guess when you're doing tech trees in like Twilight Imperium Third Edition or whatever. You know, you all have the same exact same tech tree, for, and that never bothered. Me. Yeah, that's true. For whatever yeah. reason, it bothered me. <laughs> okay, so next game. Did you have a number three, Trevor? Um. So, are we saying that Oath was fourth? I, I was. I was kind of giving Oath honorable mention, but I guess you could give it your slot. I didn't um, want to. I didn't want to use the slot on it because I'm selfish. Okay. Well, um, I'm, mine's probably going to be the same thing. Um, I'm trying. The problem is, I'm trying to remember the games I actually. Um. But yeah, I, I think I'll actually throw this game in. Okay. I just forgot the name. I like remember. So I'm just going to mention my number two, and then I think we'll talk about it more when Trevor gets to his number one. Uh, but my number two is a game that I accidentally recommended to Trevor, or we were we couldn't remember. Jay did did it may have been that Tom Lehman turned us on to this uh, game when he when we interviewed him. Uh, mm, I think he did talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's where the recommend came from, but. It's a game called Founding Fathers, a second game called Founding Fathers. The first the first game, the first Founding Fathers was by a company called uh, Jolly Rogers Games and is totally different. So don't get those confused. Yeah, they're nothing alike. Uh, and this one, you can only get print on demand, right, uh, Trevor? Correct. You, can, you have to buy it from Game Crafter. Uh, okay. You cannot get it any other way. Yeah, and so I just, I preface all that to say... Uh, spoiler alert, when we get to Trevor's number one, we can talk more in depth about it. But that was definitely my second favorite experience of, of the con. Okay, Trevor, what is your number two? So my, my number two is going to be um, Dune Imperium. Mm. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I need to, I I don't want to give it a, I hesitate to give it a glowing review only having played it once. Oh, this was your first play? Yeah, I hadn't played it before. Okay. I played it at the convention. Um, but I did enjoy it. It did feel like the flavor was interesting, and the unique player powers were interesting, and there was lots of available options player powers. Um, in the game, you're taking... Uh, you're, you, it's both a deck builder and a... Um, uh, worker placement. A worker placement. And basically, the, the, the deck building part of it, everyone t- draws their hand, unlike any of the other deck builder played, and you play one card at a time. 
And the cards have an ability on them. There's two sections on the card. There's a light gray section, which happens when you play them individually. And there's a blue section on the bottom of them, which happen uh, when you say, I'm not going to take any more actions and I'm going to reveal the rear of my hand. So um, on your turn, you can play and do the one action, which generally involves gaining a benefit on the card and also taking a worker and placing it on one of the locations that's made available by the card you played. And you do that until you run out of workers. Um, and then you're going to play the rest of your hand. You're just going to lay out and you'll gain the benefit remaining on the cards to make a purchase like you in the other deck build. And that goes into your discard pile, just like the other deck build. Um, what's interesting is the way that it's built the sections and the factions on the table and how you interact with um, and some of the I, one of the things I didn't like is a lot of deck builders give you um, like six cards available in their uh, market. And it felt like um, there, there was only five cards in this particular market. And I, it felt like a lot of times I was looking up there like there's really nothing there I want and no way to clear the market and get a new market or anything. I, you almost had to just bite the bullet and buy a, a card you didn't want. Um, and that I wasn't particularly happy about that. But, but again, that's something that maybe I wouldn't feel so bad about if I played a few games and it just happened to be that game. I didn't get the cards on those turns. I need. Um but the the game was interesting. The the victory points in it are very hard to obtain. Um, the game is kind of goes to the end game once someone gets ten. So it's it's not very many victory points. So you have to really fight for uh, that come up when they. But it was it was interesting. The mechanics were fun. It was easy once I got past the um, instruction and 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 no. Uh, I love Josh's father. He's a great guy to play with. He's very. Um, fun to have at the table but he's not the best at explaining games and he explained it to us so we were struggling a little bit at first but um, i think he realizes that he's not the best to explain which is why he doesn't man at least do. i can know it's genetic now <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway he 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 was able to just once i understood all of the actions and how they kind of work it was pretty interesting to the options that it gave it was a very unique experience um, it's a little the theme is slightly painted on but it does a good job of making you feel like spice is worthwhile, water is hard to get, um, money is sometimes plentiful and and um, to do whatever the heck you want, and then sometimes it feels like it's really hard to get. Um, and gaining influence the four factions is very difficult. It, it does get, uh, for a Euro game, it does a good job of uh, conveying the setting. Yeah, yeah. Who, who ended up winning that game? I'm assuming you're... you're... So, so Jay, grade, grade for it is that it would have gone higher if you'd won. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, dirty, here's the thing. Dirty. He's not my, my wife, Jay. My, my oh. co-host, my co-host would agree that I have, if my fudge character were created, uh, I would have the ability on my fudge character that does well in circumstances. <laughs> um, I quite frequently win uh, the first play of game, and it's uh, I can't really necessarily explain it. And it's usually the last time I win. Um, but I try not to let that that <laughs> influence my opinion on board games. I've won games. And this game is awesome. But I did win that game with a very interesting ending. Um, I ended up buying uh, a card called The Spice Must Flow, which is like in Dominion's just victory points, basically. That's all it really does. But I bought one of those, which put me in range to win. And then Josh's father scored the last two victory points of the game. But because he pushed me out of the top spot, he pushed me into a lower spot. And we ended up being tied for victory points. And the lower spot he pushed me into gave me spice instead of victory points for uh -huh. the combat. 
and spice is the uh, tiebreaker because it must <laughs> flow. Yes. Yeah, so um, the spice that he interesting. All right. So Josh, your favorite game of the convention? My favorite game of the convention, one that Trevor brought. Uh, I'm going to be getting my own copy soon. Uh, it was a Kickstarter that Trevor kickstarted. Uh, you said you kickstarted it kind of right before the pandemic, right, Trevor? Uh, no, it arrived right before. Okay. So the game is called Canvas, and it is um, it's a game like uh, Mystic Veil or um, I think AG has another version of or this type of game called uh, Edge of Darkness that uses the um, clear cards that have images mm-hmm. on that can sleeve into a sleeve and then like you basically build a card right with yeah. with two or three different cards so Deck in this and card building yeah correct only in this in this game in canvas it's really just card building the cards that you're building are um works of art paintings essentially right and it is simple it's a i mean it is i think it should be you know declared a gateway game or a, you know a, a ultimate family entry game yeah, it is a gateway game. You could, I can explain how to play the game, and and you, and I think most people, while they may not do a great job at scoring, they will understand the basic gameplay pretty quickly. Yeah, and it is and, just charming as heck because the yeah, art that you make, it. even if you lose, you're you, you know you've created a piece of art called like heavy childhood, and you know <laughs> that's like cards, hilarious imagery stuff. Yeah, the, the cards, all the all the art cards are and have art elements on them. Um, have either a name on the left or the right. And when you, you take three art element, you put it on a, a canvas, which is the background. Um, and, and the background gives you nothing. It's just, they're just various types of background. And they all look like um, sort of impressionistic paintings. Uh, or what is what is the term for um, like the Van Gogh style paintings with the dog? Pointillism, paint? I think, is, is the phrase you're looking for. Mm, that's not... Anyway, um, you, you know, Van Gogh has that style. Impressionist is the term of the yeah. Okay. That's probably true. Okay. Yeah, impressionism, I believe. So you have an impressionistic style background, and a lot of the art cards are impressionist. You put these three art cards together and then put it on a background that has kind of daubed paint colors on it. And it creates, sometimes it creates really nonsensical things, and sometimes it creates really beautiful things. Um, but the names that are on the cards, depending on which order you line them up, name the painting. And they can be very uh, appropriate and sometimes completely nonsensical just like impressionist painting <laughs> but it's a it is a very good gateway game i mean you can hand it to anybody and i i even think someone like josh's wife would just she'd get a kick out of it uh because putting together painting is quite i i i backed it because the idea felt unique right yeah, yeah and anyway and it's really it's well done like i um i hope they're working on an expansion honestly and, and i hope they do really well because uh, if they do it will be well deserved so there, there is an expansion. We were playing it, so you made there the expansion. The first expansion it was part of the Kickstarter, one of their stretch goals, and I, it was just added to the game. And I, it it adds pretty uh, seamlessly. So we had the the first expansion part of what we had. All right, Trevor, are you ready to talk about Founding Father? I am. So Founding Fathers, um, and. Before we get into this, if you go look at this game and you find you end up running into the Joshman Founding Fathers by Jolliger Games, I am not going to turn you away from that game. That game is fantastic. That's right? also a great game. Yeah, fair yeah, it's point. A great, it's a great game. I would, if you accidentally bought that one, you're like, oh man, I got the wrong one. Whatever. You still got a great game. So um, before you talk about it, I have one other question too about buying. I'm yes. looking at it on the Gamecraft right now, and I noticed that there is a green edition 
for $48.99. I'll explain what that is. Okay. All right. So but before we get there, I just still want to talk about the Old Family Fathers, which um, was designed by Jason Matthews. So I actually think it was Jason Matthews who gave us the recommendation of the other founding. It was not Tom Lehman, but I could be wrong. Well, you know, if either one of those designers want to reach out and correct us, that's totally fine. Yeah. Either way, we, um, we <laughs> the recommend was strong. Um, so yeah, the the green edition, all it does is, is it um, it doesn't include a set of rules. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're they're attempting to reduce the amount of um, paper okay. materials they have to put box, and the rules are available um, on the uh, Game Crafter website that you can download in PDF format instead. And those rules have been changed multiple times over the years. So you're getting the newest version of the rules. The green edition, uh, it's something to reduce waste. Um, and I, th- I think there might be some other parts that they're using recycled things in the green edition. But the the intent is to be uh, more uh, environmentally friendly. Okay. Um, so the pitch um, may fall flat with some people because they may not know what Republic of Rome is. But this is the intent of this game is to update uh, and provide a better experience for the game, the Republic. And Republic of Rome is a a uh, game that was published... When was it that first came out? I mean, it's old. I'll point, look it right? up. Hold on a minute. Yeah, sorry. It's got to be 20, 30 plus years old, at least. Yes. And the Republic of Rome has some very old... 1990. Stuff. Yeah, 1990. Okay, so 31 years. The Republic of Rome has a rule book that is numbered out in dot two, dot one sections and subsection A. <laughs> like it the old reads, Avalon Hill games. Yeah, it reads like a legal book, and it is painfully difficult um and it makes the game feel like a a legal venture into a legal document and the core of it though is that everyone's supposed to control families of um senators yeah roman politicians politicians, specifically roman politician families and you run the country well the new game that we've played founding of father founding fathers you run a faction a group of politicians who some are conservative some are liberal uh but they are all senators who control other senators so each senator you have has a number of votes they control um, which may include other members of their close ties from maybe their state or whoever they rub uh, elbows with so the senators you control are the leaders in the in or leaders in congress um who go out and give you a joint set of votes. And um, the the game is much more refined in how it goes through the turn order, and it's much more defined as far as each four years, a pres- new president is elected, or there is an election, and then you do four issues representing one year each, and you can vote on taxes and stuff besides those, but then you go on and you have another election. And the election in... Um, Founding Fathers is very different from anything that Republic of you actually place cubes on a map of the United States um, in an order. You have to start at your home state and then you can branch out. And you, what you're trying to do is block off your from certain sections of the country to win the election. Um, so anyway, it just does a much better job of representing a government, a floundering government, honestly, a, a country that's difficult in financial difficulty. Maybe they floundered under our guidance, Trevor. No, I, I, that's intentional. The, the So one of the things you have in, in Republic of Rome is you, you have a problem with coming up with enough money to keep the state moving forward and to pay for your wars. Well, those same problems are all the same problems that the early American government had. And when the early American government, they took on some of the debts from the state, so they are in a position where they had to try to figure out how to make revenue. Um, and that revenue making wasn't necessarily clear on how they were supposed to do it. 
So all those feelings are really well conveyed in this game. So we, we started off, I would, was played uh, George Washington, and I had several other politicians. I had Benjamin Franklin Washington. Uh, I can't remember. John Quincy Adams, I think, third. No, John third. Adams was your third running. John Quincy Adams. Was oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. John Adams. Um, anyway, and, and everybody got three, started with three representatives. Um, and we just kind of, you start drawing issues and resolve them, and you, you uh, vote on taxes. But the way you get things done is by including people. One of the things that it has very in common with Republic is that the victory points are basically the popularity of your Senate. And you gain popularity by passing things that the public likes. And you can and you can share the wealth by including other people at the table to get them to uh, help support your things that you're trying to get passed. And spoiler alert, you better. Yeah, if you don't, uh, people don't want to give you popularity because they're victory points. So you very quickly, even if they're part of your quote-unquote party, uh, they don't want to help you out because that puts them behind puts you ahead. So you really have to figure out a way to share the wealth. Anyway, it, it makes for a very great strategic game, uh, and the strategy is not at the table. It's in the minds of all of them. <laughs> and that's... I'm horrible at this type of game. Um, I, like I said, I mentioned I, I won Oath. Uh, I won um, the uh, Dune game, but those a lot of times felt like they're a little bit of more uh, method to the madness. In this, I do horrible because I can never... I just cannot see the Matrix. I cannot figure out how to make people do what I would like them to do. And that's maybe why I love the, these type of games. Because they're more of a struggle for you? Yeah, because I see no... I, not just their struggle, they're basically an anthem. I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, we, many years ago during Icon, we used to play... Um, Diplomacy. Diplomacy. And it's another one where the mechanics of the game are quite clear. They're very simple. But the, the way you win has nothing to do with the mechanics of the table. <laughs> or very little to do with the mechanics of the table. I should yeah, sure. Uh, and I always uh, just could not figure out how to uh, influence uh, people. And uh, what's the name of that book? Influencing people. And win friends and influence yeah, people. Win yeah, I do that. Apparently, I never read that. Know nothing about it, uh, <laughs> and uh, couldn't even guess. What's well, yeah, and I don't know if I'm good at it, but man, I I freaking thrive on it. Cajoling <laughs> and wheedling and begging. So it, it took all of the things out of Republic of Rome that I felt were fiddly and problematic, and streamlined it. And took all the things that were fun about Republic of Rome and kept them. Yeah, so, like aren't, aren't the wars a lot more fiddly in Republic of Rome? Oh, no, they're yeah. way more fiddly. You got to yeah. worry about how do we, you know, get enough people to beat the war. And this it just says, hey, wars coming. You either need to you either got to have the ability for it or get wrecked. Yeah, the, the, your options when a war comes up in in uh, in Founding Fathers are a fight the war, uh, take a penalty to your money and a popularity bonus or hit, depending on how the public feels. Or you send a special envoy to the and make peace and take potential popularity and spend the money necessary to send an envoy. Or you just ignore it and you take the hit, the penalty. I mean, the wars were all penalties, at least the ones we all saw. It was what we picked. It was a penalty. It was just which of these penalties uh, embrace. To me, the greatest moment in the game, Trevor, and you can agree or disagree with me here, though, it was when... um, one of the other players, Marks, uh, President uh, President Jefferson at the time. Anyway, one of the issues that came up for him was to pass the Bill of Rights, <laughs> and uh, because we all wanted to tank him, Congress voted it down. And uh, 
I, he it, like he was offended both in the game and in real life. And in real life, we yeah, would not have the Bill of Rights in our country. Yeah, it, was it was amazing. It was, it was pretty funny because he he <sighs> he approached the table as though he was really presenting Bill of Rights. Yeah, like it was a bygone conclusion. In yeah, it was mind. a bygone yeah. conclusion that, that, that we would all vote for this because we all agree with Rights. And he's obviously I I'm blanking on the name of the board game we played um, where we were advisors to the king, but. Obviously, he's never played that game with you guys because you guys are dilemma. like King's, King's dilemma. King's yeah. dilemma. Yeah, you guys are like slavery. Sure, why not? Or <laughs> uh, repress religious minorities? Let's do it. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's well, uh, yeah. So this was basically the um, the American Revolution era version of of that, Jay, of the yeah, uh, I mean, the King's dilemma. And rather than trying to get Port his thing, he just assumed that everybody would be part of the Bill of Rights, so he threw it down. Like, let's vote for it. Everybody voted against him. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, he was running away with He him. was killing us, yeah. He was destroying us. President so, Jefferson was an animal. Yeah, so I got, I got a pretty good... Um, head start on everybody because i got to start as the first president with uh with washington and so i i when washington retired after his presence uh the the way you score victory points is their popularity cubes they gain and so i'd gained a few popularity cubes right off the bat and so when jeff when, uh, washington retired i immediately shot up the victory point thing but then uh you know by the third presidency we were all ready to jefferson and jefferson just Really, he had several issues that came up that we felt like we couldn't ignore, and so he just gained all this popularity from all these things happening. Before long, he's like he had like twenty total victory points, and the next closest like twelve. Till we tanked the Bill of Rights. Yeah, until we tanked the Bill of Rights, which really irritated. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I if you enjoy the political part of Twilight Imperium more than the remaining part of Twilight Imperium, you should really look at this game. Because I feel like it's the political part of Twilight Imperium, but basically that's the only thing it is. the the only The only respite from that is the elections, which really is a a mind game of trying to figure out how you can block your opponent off in a way that gets you enough. Yeah, votes. it's a mind game of picking the right president or vice presidential candidate. Oh my gosh! So um, we shot down the twelfth amendment as well, which meant that um, there could be vice presidents from a different party than we had multiple candidates and lots more cubes. And had we passed, um, so it made for a very difficult mind game uh, puzzle, a puzzle to figure out how to win the uh, presidency on the, the the map. And then the map is made up of cards, each card representing a state. And as you admit a new state to the union, another card gets played. I thought it was really clever. I thought it was really, um, I don't know. I know this game is not for the vast majority of people out there, but if you do like the gosh, give the, the creator of the game all the support. The many thumbs up. Yes. There are, there are a bunch of expansions as well that we don't have. Yeah, I noticed there's like a Civil War expansion already. Is there more than that even? Yes, there's um, a Wives and Something expansion. Shut up. Well, yeah, that was my other great moment when uh, Alexander Hamilton, in spite, to spite Trevor, I mean, married Abigail Adams. <laughs> That was a great moment for me too, Jay. <laughs> uh, he, he looked me right in the eye and he's like, and he puts down the card that has my my congressman's wife on it and slides it under his card and just like, there, take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, th- I regret I the, very little. <laughs> it's called Ladies and Orators. Okay. And and I believe 
that it adds those ladies. He saw very few, um, but I believe it adds them. You have opportunities, ladies that can move their husband's uh, political. I don't know what the orders part of it is, but there's another one called Offices and Statesmen. Anyway, I, I'll probably be picking these up because I I know that I'll probably never play this game ever again, but I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, right, so to wrap things up, Josh, I, I need to hear about the best betrayals uh, that Trevor experienced this weekend. Oh, yeah. So marrying his wife was definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> leaving the con in the middle of Founding Fathers was another. Uh, yes, yes. Or else, I mean, Oath. We already talked about the Oath betrayal. I, I, I don't know. Did I ever really betray you in that one, Trevor? Uh, I mean, he couldn't because we never really had. We never really had an agreement. Yeah, we right? never really worked inside. He was a citizen of the Empire. and I, <laughs> I actually don't know that I played any other games that I had the opportunity to, to betray Trevor on. Well, Here's the other betrayal. I made him, I only made you do it once, right, Trevor, but play a prototype game that was there that was frankly heavily underdeveloped and very RNG. And, uh, my, my eight year old was in love with the thing. And it, anyway, it, it overstayed its welcome. It was underdeveloped. (laughs) Pretty sure my 10 year old, uh, see, I don't see that as a a betrayal stab in the back from you. I I consider stab in the back. <laughs> my, my child and your child are like, come play this with us. And I'm like, okay. And the look you gave me when they said, let's do this, I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we can wrap it up there. And uh, upcoming episodes we have include Star Wars Visions and Dune. So watch those when you get a chance and you can follow along with us. It'll be very exciting.